0: yeah dig it welcome to episode four yep four do you want to start again i'm okay okay (laughs) Okay. i i think it's four i'm pretty sure it's four do you want to look it up no it's four it's four we've got this Okay. okay hi by the way we just started this uh welcome to episode four legitimately this time of the Macho Movie Man podcast. Uh, my guest today is uh, my friend Owen, the only person who I guarantee will get every Simpsons reference i randomly thrown into a conversation. Hey, happy Hi. to be here. Yeah, He's also the resident horror guy. If I ever do an episode on a horror movie, he's probably going to turn up. Thank you. I appreciate that. He is. He's, my, he's, he's, he's the guy I go to when I'm like, I need a good horror movie.
1: That's kind of what I want to be. Yeah.
0: That's I'm for. Yeah, I'm the guy to go to if there's, like, a non-horror movie, but if, like, it's, if it's anything horror, then it's, like, I have... This n- house, I think. It's yeah, there. this house is the kind of place, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, know. Uh, so, yeah, today we are talking about In the Mouth of Madness. Yes. Which is kind of... It's a new spin on this, because the last few episodes have been movies that I've already liked. Uh, I watched In the Mouth of Madness this past October for a review series I was doing on Instagram, and uh, I I wasn't I wasn't big on it at first, and um, it was your lowest rated yes, uh, Halloween film, I believe. And
1: yes, i did great I've, offense I've, to
0: it. I've never seen Owen more offended at me, and he's seen how I dress sometimes. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so he was just like when I told him we were doing this podcast, he's like. I would like I would like to talk about in the mouth of madness. I was gonna do my own voice, but I'm not going to. We got to keep this on track this time.
1: I appreciate that. Um, yes. yeah, I wanted to argue with you that it was a good film, and then I had to double check after I said that to make sure that it was
0: actually good. I was like, did I just really like it? And... That's it, That's weird. Have Have you have you started to have you like gone down in your estimation of the film while I've gone up in mine in a way. No, when, once I rewatched it, I yeah. realized that I I just love it through and through. Yeah. But
1: I kind of there's a lot of room for criticism in Yeah. The
0: film. You you're, you you've grown more open to criticism as I my criticisms have kind of fallen some of them have fallen away a little bit on like a second watch. It's definitely a film where it's like you can't really watch it once and really come to a full conclusion on it.
1: Yeah, I think I personally liked it because it is so confusing, and you have to kind of keep going back to try and see if yeah. it did make sense
0: but yeah that that yeah, the more I'm thinking about is it, like, yeah, this is definitely an Owen film because like you're a big David Lynch fan, and he's kind of the king of you need to watch this multiple times to get it yeah, yeah um, we explained once about, so there's not just us yeah, let's see <laughs> okay this is this has been tricky. We have to rewatch the trailer. Which is nineties as fuck, by the way. Yeah, it reminds you that it's nineteen ninety-five yeah. in it. And it under this John Carpenter and it is nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Um it's essentially a guy long the short of it, it's a guy who finds Samuel himself is an insurance claims investigator. Yes. And he's investigating the disappearance of an author whose whose books have created the world's first toxic fandom.
1: Yeah, it it's it's Created sort of a a cult system, sort of like H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Kind of a thing.
0: He's bas He's basically Stephen King, but not called Stephen King. Yeah, he out. But they mention that they yes. mention that they out that he outsells Stephen King in it. So Stephen King, he's not Stephen King, but Stephen King exists in this universe. Yeah. Which totally would mean that in a lot of years' time, there'd be a Stephen King versus a Sutter Kane rap battle of history john carpenter
1: also exists in the universe but i'll get into that later oh um but so the insurance claim investigator has to travel to a fictional town called hobbs end that he has found after piecing together
0: maps from the covers of the books yes and it makes up maine yes which is just like if that's not stephen if you know that's about as stephen king as uh, someone hitting you over the head with two copies of it Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, Actually,
1: can, can I throw a little fun fact here? Yeah. Um, we're all about fun facts here. On the map of Maine, where Hobbs End is, yeah. like, the town that he has to go to, is where Castle Rock from Stephen King's universe is, like, meant to be in the same area. Oh, wow. And they're, like, in the same
0: location. I just thought
1: that was really, like, a fun nod.
0: Nice. I thought you were going to say it's, like, yo, Derry is, like... That's where dairy is. For no, this. it's kinda of more a yeah. 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 I like it. I I I feel like it's um I feel like it would have been like, you know, if they had gotten a little bit extra, it would have been like there's a they drive past a sign and it's like dairy and like there's a arrow pointing one way. <laughs> yeah, it
1: it Well I suppose we'll get into it, but like the it it's very interesting how it's like trying to be Stephen King and Lovecraft.
0: But also trying to entirely remove itself from Yeah, it. absolutely. And I think it's, it does a weird thing of like, in some case, in a certain way, it kind of frames the argument about horror literature in a way that would later be the sort of violence in TV and movies that would kind of pop up in the late 90s due to like Columbine and shit. Yeah. It kind of predates that, but within a different medium
1: yeah i was actually i read um it was on some thread about it but um someone compared it to videodrome and like what videodrome takes is like you know gratuitous tv yeah this does the same thing with literature it's
0: like what if it was just like way too fucked up
1: yeah i i got not last compare. uh
0: let's get into I'll, I'll talk we'll talk about the cast first okay uh Basically, he has Sam Neill, who's obviously from Jurassic Park, and uh, I'm always on a blank about what else he's in at first. But he was also in Event? Hunt for the Hunt for the Wilder People. I
1: haven't seen
0: it. He's in Event Horizon. I haven't, but I know of it. Oh, I'm a big Sam Neill fan. I follow yeah. him on Twitter. I just I love that <laughs> man. <laughs> he's he's gonna be in the next uh, Jurassic Park Jurassic World movie because they're... Bring all the originals back who haven't been eaten by dinosaurs are or or, or or are dead. It, like in reality.
1: That's so exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully they. Hopefully we actually get Jeff Goldblum for more than thirty seconds.
1: He was hanging out with Samuel like last week. Nice. Yeah.
0: Thought... <laughs> <laughs> they posted a the selfie together. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so I basically I know him from Jurassic Park and Punch Wilder People. And also a small cameo in Thor Ragnarok. But uh, uh, Julie Carmen plays Linda Styles, the ca- not the female role. It's it's not even love interest really. I was gonna
1: say femme fatale, but it's not even that either. Yeah. She's she's
0: kind of just the less skeptical yeah, character of it. She drives it. Yeah, she's kind of there, so like there's someone for him to play off for most of the movie. It's so it's just. Not Sam Neill rejecting everything he's sees yeah, for yeah. two hours. Uh, I tried to look up what she's from. She's mainly just, like, did a couple TV movies, and she was, like, maybe the th- second or third female character in Fright Night 2. Oh,
1: I haven't yeah. actually seen that one.
0: No. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to really print... I'm going to probably make a balls of this uh, name pronunciation, but Jürgen Prochnow? Uh, played Surtur Kane and he was in Das Boot, and he was in Dune. Really? I think he played Duke Leto, I believe. I don't know enough about
1: Dune, but, uh, yeah. He,
0: yeah. Was, he was
1: great in it, and I, I remember, I was looking him up for this, and he was in some stuff, and I was like, mm. oh, I did not recognize I him, did, him at all. <laughs> I
0: did look up who was the original choice to play him, because he wasn't who was originally chosen. They wanted Rutger Hauer for the role. Yeah, I...
1: Kind but, of, I'm kind of sad. Like, he was great, but... Yeah, but...
0: Yeah. It would have been fun. Ah, yeah, like... <laughs> Rutger Harrow would have been great in most things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. You had David Warner as Dr. Ren. He's been... He was in a bunch... He was in a bunch of things. Um, that none of them come to mind right now. The only thing I know he was in was... Uh, I, think, he, he, I think he was in Tron. He was in Tron, but he also voiced Raz al Ghul in Batman the Animated Series. Oh. Yeah. Same with uh, John Glover. He played the receptionist at the mental institution. He he voiced Riddler. Oh, he was great. Yeah. Oh, he voiced Riddler? He voiced the Riddler, yeah. So he had two uh, villains from Batman the Animated Series in this. That's really fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, he was in Gremlin's
0: new batch. Oh, in Gremlin's new batch. I looked all these <laughs> up, like, literally this morning, and it just <clears throat> faded from my mind. Uh, Jackson Herglow, the, uh, the, the boss at the publishing company. Uh, Charlton Heston from Ten Commandments, Ben-Hur, which I literally just watched over the weekend. But any, for, like, our generation would probably know him best as that dickhead from the end of uh, Bowling for Columbine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was thinking he's, like, head of the NRA He or was something. head of the NRA. He has yeah. dead.
0: He's been dead, like, over ten
1: years. That's, like, all I know him from. Yeah. <laughs> is...
0: Yeah, not a, not a great way to be remembered. No, it's a really bad sign-off to your legacy as an actor. Mm, yeah. Like... And then you had uh, Miss Miss Pickman, as uh, who was the inn owner. From... She was the receptionist. Yeah, no, it was the inn yeah. owner. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Uh, she's played by Frances Bay. I'm trying really hard to not make the joke, Frances is Bay. Uh, I, I, she was the granny from Happy Gilmore, and now that's all I can picture her as.
1: I, don't actually um. Remember her from Happy Gilmore? I will admit.
0: <laughs> she was the granny who was being like tormented by Ben Stiller. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> who randomly <laughs> just turned up in like the last Adam Sandler film that was made. It's just a random appearance, just like in now working in a mental institute.
1: I feel like you've worked with Adam Sandler. He has times.
0: worked a couple of times, but I think this is like, like just like the same character that just popped up like 20 plus years later.
1: That's
0: right. Really uh so yeah, and uh, the Sandler cinematic universe. Oh god. <laughs> oh god, no. <laughs> um actually, uh, a
1: little fun fact just about that character. Yeah. Mrs. Pickman. Um, they took the name from a different Lovecraft story. I was just yeah. looking up. There's so many like little. Bit yeah, taken. there's a yeah. This is um, like they,
0: think it, they took a lot from Lovecraft. Yeah, like yeah. there's direct quotes from like. Wait, his books works. were just love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I looked up: who were a bunch of the people who were also considered for the lead beyond Sam Neil? Uh, guys like James Woods, uh, Tom oh, Berenger, no. Michael Keaton. That's Gabriel, really weird. Gabriel, I don't... Gabriel Byrne and Ray Liotta. Like... Wait, Gabriel Byrne? Yeah. If he's... He's an Irish actor. Wait, that's...
1: That would not have been the same film. No. I don't... I really
0: dislike <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. Are you thinking Gabriel? Yeah, that's... No, they're I... two different people. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is staying in, by the way. Yeah. No, no. He, Gabriel Byrne was the guy from Into the West. He's not been in, he's not, oh, like, a yeah, really huge yeah. name, but, like, he's been in stuff. Oh, I do know yeah. him. I still wouldn't have liked him for the lead. Yeah, it's one of those roles where I'm thinking about. it's, he's like... He's better than Gabern, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although, part of me would now love to see that movie with <laughs> Uh But, um, what should you call it? Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's, like, I'm looking at the people who would have been cast, and it's, like... Yeah, maybe, just because it's, like, it's not one of those roles where it's, like, only Sam Neill could have played this, you know?
1: Yeah, no, that is true, but I think this is a very personal Yeah, it's thing. not
0: one of those things like, where it's, like, you know, God, anyone other than Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones wouldn't have worked. I feel like if this, if, you know, I feel like... Sam Ruby... Neill could have played Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> this is just going to be a recurring joke whenever you come on the come on and it was like Samuel. Oh, be in it. oh <laughs> you know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis only person who could have played Laurie Strode. Eh, maybe Samuel. Samuel, Samuel though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Carpenter was this was a script that was written in the late 80s, but uh, and John Carpenter was offered it, but he turned it down because yeah. he had a bu- so many other things going on at the time. Uh, not sure what he what was he working on like, tail end of the eighties like. Oh, would it have been
1: Prince of Darkness or was that ninety two?
0: That was eighty seven.
1: That was eighty seven.
0: Yeah. Probably that then. He should have done this. I instead. think. <laughs> I, no would have been late eighties like eighty eight or something. Oh. I think he was working on some t- TV stuff or like, <gasps> memoirs of the Invisible Man or something. I cannot be asked to watch that. Yeah, it's it, it, it's one of those weird... It looks really not John Carpenter.
1: Yeah, I kind of... Like, I'm happy he got to make what he wanted, but it's, just, it's yeah. one of those
0: ones where I'm like, just but, out um, of the blue. Uh, he turned it down, but then the next two people they had lined up to direct it also pulled out. So by December of 92, John Carpenter was free and he decided, fuck it, I'll make this movie. Uh, And it'll be the conclusion to my Apocalypse Trilogy. He was making They Live, and he definitely should have just continued making They Live. That was a good move. Why would the sequels be called? They Still Living. (laughs) Keep On Living. (laughs) They Live 3, The Living. Keep On Living. (laughs) Carry On Living. Oh, no. I'd watch it, but no. Oh, But, uh, yeah, so by December in 92, he was free. And, you know, and it ended up being kind of what's a lot of people kind of refer to Harold as, like, his last good film. Yeah, I Although I would I, say that's,
1: like, nearly his peak. It I was, like... Oh, his peak was the 80s. By the 90s, he was a bit hit and miss. I feel like, in The Man of Madness, it really felt like such a passion project. Yeah. That, like... Although, the Village of the Dam remake he did, it's not terrible. I haven't seen it. I, I watched Children of the Corn, because I always confuse them.
0: Yeah. Um. Children of the Corn is like, if if there was a horror film that's like, my boy is a horror film. You know, it's a, it's a phrase where it's just like, it's something you like, but it's not really respected. Yeah. Like, it's not going to win any awards, and it's probably not good. But you still kind, of, you still kind of love it. That that film's a boy.
1: I feel like that's like a massive part of my taste in yeah. film in
0: general is just little things. that I'm like, it's crap, but I I, I like it. Yeah, you know, how, you know how Jake Rabbit constantly brings Pirates of the Caribbean into every conversation we yeah. have in every class about film. Yeah, I'm I, if I had the confidence that he had, he I would do that with Looney Tunes back in action. Just, just a weird uh, segue. Sure it doesn't have the longevity of no, but anyway. <laughs> it, no, but it had Brenton Fraser, so like better than longevity. But yeah, so uh, that's kind of it for like fun facts, because we've already gone over pretty much all of it. Like I said, it was the third entry in his Apocalypse trilogy after The Thing and Prince of Darkness. I feel like this is the in terms of quality, this is the midpoint. Obviously, thing is, The Thing is the best one, and I'm not really a, that big a fan of Prince of Darkness.
1: Yeah, I think it followed the standard trilogy format, where it's the first is the best, second is the worst, and then the third pulls it back mm-hmm. around. The S- one like, that's the... the ideal trilogy yeah. format. <laughs> the,
0: yeah, so this is the one with the hairy chest. on uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, so we'll do the step-by-step now. Uh, it opens with John Trent in a mental asylum. Yes. Actually,
1: in that scene, that was the first time I noticed John Carpenter's cameo. I've been I didn't looking even, out for I didn't
0: it. even know he had a cameo.
1: Um, you know, so he, he's locked in the cell and he's screaming, is it, I'm, I'm not insane? I'm not insane, yeah. And then the next cell That's over a, that, starts going, I'm not insane either. That's John Carpenter. That just
0: gave me flashbacks to that one scene in The Simpsons with, like, the critic in the... Where it's just like, I'm not crazy. Sure you're not.
1: Oh yeah, I, I was thinking nearly, um I could have got this wrong. I was thinking Life of Brian, but I can't actually remember what the quote is. You
0: know where it's like, he's the Messiah, and he's like, Oh no, <gasps> that, that is that is uh yeah. that is Life of Brian. Please fuck off. How shall we fuck off, oh Lord? <laughs> uh so yeah, and basically he's he's positive he's not insane. Uh, but then the doctor, Ren, comes to visit and he's just like, How's the patient doing? And he's like, All oh, he's asked for is one thing a single black crayon, and it goes into the cell and he's drawn everything. And that's something I will, I, I will call bullshit on. There's no way you get that much out of one crayon. Um, if you've, anyone ever uses a crayon, you cannot get that much longevity out of it. That is
1: true. It's all over his face as well, and we know yeah. crayons don't draw on skin too well. Like, yeah, you know? like
0: that, like, no offense. That would have, you know, he would have been halfway through the first wall, and that thing would have cracked in half. Maybe it was like a really, like, large crayon. <laughs> I, he, I, I didn't know this mental asylum uh, bought crayon, jumbo-sized crayons. Yeah, no, you, you need to so the patients can draw on the walls. He just... They just hand him a baton and it turns out to just be a baton-shaped, uh... Crayon. (laughs) (laughs) Like a a pole of wax in this society. Baton crayon. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah. What happens next? Then it cuts back to Trent as a successful insurance investigator Mad respect for this film for trying to make any job involving insurance look cool.
1: Right, it made it look very cool. Yeah, really? that
0: that's that's so unrealistic. It. I love that scene. It really
1: reminds me of Chinatown. Yeah. Just like you know when um, it's like Jack Nicholson's
0: in like with the fans going and everything. Mm. It's like the it's the only time Chinatown and insurance have been in the same uh, <laughs> level of cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and he's very good at his job, and he's having. Lunch, I think it is, with uh, an, a friend of his. And uh, basically, a guy comes in with an axe. Yes, he swings the axe, breaks the window of this diner,
1: and tips over the table. So Sam Neill and his friend fall on the ground. Mm. And the man asks them, do you read Sutter Kane?" And then he has two pupils in each eye. Mm.
0: Does it just cut. I think it just. I think he says that and then it just cuts away. He gets shot. Oh, does he get shot? Yeah, and he's white, so that's why he was able to get into the cafe with the, with the axe and not shot halfway across. Oof. I mean. yeah. I. Right. Yeah. That was a. Weird, <laughs> I'm not sure where that came from.
1: Well, oh, that's okay. um Yeah, so then Neil
0: is called into the. Into book me, me Chowton Heston, yes. <laughs> Charles Heston's book company. Yes. Uh and it and he's told, Oh yeah, that guy with the axe, that was a Soda kane's agent.
1: Yeah, I that I always liked that part. Yeah. It makes it like kind of creepy, like there's more to it. That would make me never want to fire my agent. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> Axe murderer in New York.
0: So I assisted an axe murderer. Uh so yeah, we show, we see Trent is skeptical of Kane and his uh writing. But uh Linda, who works for the uh, what was her role like what was her job again? I, I just I think I think she set. was
1: kinda of second in command. She him. was his
0: editor, I think. Oh she was yeah, she was the editor. She was his editor. And
1: that's why she needed the manuscript.
0: Yeah. And why she was coming along. Uh right. so she tells him, please go read some of uh some of his work uh, so that you're not kind of sceptical about it see what it can do to people yeah. and that's how we ended up getting the uh, the maps I'm still not sure how he how, how he put 2 and 17 together and got okay. a map, map within all the covers
1: I also thought that every time I watched it until this time around because I was like that's a gaping bottle there's actually it's a red line On each of the book covers, it just sort of has a weird shape around the characters.
0: Right.
1: And so he cuts along the right line and pieces, they all, like, perfectly fit together. And that's how he makes it,
0: makes out that it's main. And that's where you gotta watch this movie multiple times. Yeah,
1: it's like... It could have been done more obviously, but I don't think it would have had... I don't think it would have been as fun.
0: Yeah. And so he he finds a map to Hobbs End, which is where a lot of Kane's work is uh, set.
1: Yeah. I, I have yeah. some fun facts about Hobbs End, actually. Ooh. Um, other than it's in the same location as Castle Rock. Um, did you know that um Hobbs End is named after the train station in Quatermass? You probably did.
0: No, I didn't. Sorry,
1: Quartermass in the Pit. It was a nineteen sixty-seven film, and it's where like I think an alien
0: or a meteor or something lands. It's, it's the 60s in sci-fi. It's something it, alien. Yeah, it's
1: something yeah. whack. And um, it's, called, it's called Hobbs End Station. Nice.
0: I want that on every sci-fi post from the 60s stuff. It's whack. It's whack. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they travel to Hobbs End. And uh, J- Linda just has these hallucinations as they're just driving in. Which is where the main portion of, like, the CGI for the film is. Like, a lot... Most of that's... Like, that's a big chunk of the bits that were CGI. I looked into it and it's like... Yeah. They still try to go for practical effects on this. Yeah. Because it's, it's John Carpenter and no one really wants to see John Carpenter try CGI. I, I, like, he's so good with the practical effects. And yeah. I think it really stands to his films. Like, the soundtrack... Like, the score and stuff is already far too non-John Carpenter. Yeah, he actually... He did a big chunk of the score. He worked he, with them... Um... He does all his... He, does most of his music though? He does. I'm. I, yeah. I find that so impressive. Like if, like if he wasn't a director, he would still probably be famous for like his scores.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like he's, like, also he's done music on just like, so many films yeah. that like he wasn't even part of. And like, the Simpsons.
0: Nice. It always <laughs> what you somehow it always links back to the Simpsons with you.
1: It do, well it just came up. Yeah. But
0: uh. So yeah, so hallucinations as they enter the town, so you already know something weird is up.
1: Yeah, the road m- melts away into a cloudy sky, mm. and then does she, doesn't she hit the kid on the way?
0: I think so. There or is did
1: a... they just see the kid? And if...
0: I, th- no. I think there is a kid hit.
1: I think she hits the kid, and he doesn't wake up yeah. for it or something.
0: Yeah, big pop from Heather there, but... I want to smack the kid. <laughs> Um, We're not going to explain that Because I don't know how to explain that That doesn't make one of our lecturers seem horrible just you know when a kid has a punchable face Yes She was just describing that feeling Yes (laughs) I'm not sure if that kid had a punchable face But you know That was Hayden Christensen No Hayden Christensen was the paper boy Oh was he the
1: paper boy? Yeah Wait, God, I, oh, he is the paper boy.
0: He is, yeah.
1: No, no, but I mean the guy she hits is the
0: paper boy, I thought. Does she hit the paper boy? I'm pretty sure. He has like a little satchel like a stupid hat. Li- I thought it was a little girl she is.
1: No, no, no. She hits a, she hits a dude. Oh. At that old, You know when? the paper... So she hits the dude and then he gets up and he's old and creepy and cycles off. Yeah. But th- he looks like John Carpenter
0: looks now. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you didn't know that was Hayden Christensen Because I had already thought over my joke. I was like, hey, do you know what happened to that kid? He grew an intense dislike of sand. <laughs> I'm sorry for ruining it. I actually... He yeah. thought the car was sand, so that's why he grew up to hate it. <laughs> or he thought the car was a youngling. Um, what was... What the... F- didn't he have some quote about flying high five something
1: about a bicycle I
0: don't know I'm not I'm not (laughs) Wars. the joke's there yeah Uh, okay they get they get into Hobbs End and they discover the locals are creepy and uh, a lot of the actual locations from uh, Cain's work are in that town like the Black Church which is a great name for a church yeah yes where did you get where did you get your uh, holy communion for the first time the Uh, Black Church the Black (laughs) Church (laughs) Just, just the invites, the communion party, just like, please come to the Black Church at yeah. 2 p.m.
1: That was, um, I, cause I always kind of didn't know if the church was real, cause it's just, it, there's it, nothing around it, yeah, and it's and it, just there.
0: And it's kind of one of the, it looks like one of those sort of big, sort of, uh, enterprise churches, you know? It doesn't look like a local church. No, it
1: looks really like. Grand and it has those. Yeah. They describe them as gold onions. I've lo- not actually. It It has gold,
0: those but... weird Kremlin-looking things at the on the roof.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's uh,
0: real though. It's, yeah, it's and Greek they...
1: Orthodox, I think, or something. Think
0: so. Some something something I religious. I read that, but it might not. S- something religious. <laughs> something religious. Yeah, but uh, so they arrive at the church, uh, and uh, the townsfolk show up armed with guns. Which is a totally normal thing in America, I just think. But, uh... <laughs> Yikes. Don't worry, no one from America listened to this podcast yet. I, I, I just torpedoed my American audience. Yeah, no, you're fucked now. Oh, yeah. No global market. Um, <laughs> ah, Not the first time I've pissed off an American, as Thomas and Kevin will tell you. Let's not. Oh, no, Thomas and Dean, sorry. Let's not get into that. No, no. Anyway, another story for um, another time. Uh yeah, so the townsfolk turn up. They want their kids back. Uh, but uh, one of the kids comes out looking real creepy. Kind of, uh, is is
1: he the one where he stands in the slamming door and he looks yeah. like a woman? Yeah. And then he turns into Sutter Kane or something.
0: Yeah, and eventually they're all driven off by dogs, like attacking dogs. Yeah. Yeah, feels like that's a feels like that was a nice little nod to. Hey, I'm making Village of the Damned. Yeah, yeah. Um
1: Actually, I have the whole background plot with the, you know the village folk and the kids that turn the the kids that get creepy. Yeah. That's based on a Stephen King book. Of course it is. Called um I think it's called Crouch's End and um, he wrote it as part of like a continued Lovecraft universe as part of a compendium. Ooh, nice. So the like background plot
0: of the town is based on a Stephen King book. Trying to write Lovecraft. <laughs> Interesting. That kind of feels like a literary version of AI, where Spielberg tried to make a Kubrick film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it didn't really work. Kind of like this. Yeah. It, it gets away from itself. Yes. Uh. So. Trent wants to go back to the publishers, but then Linda tells him this was all a hoax, she's read the new book, uh, which always feels like a plot hole, just because it's like, well, hang on a minute, if this was a if this was a sham, it's like, this is still the 90s, no one's going to find out. It's just like, you can just say, oh, soda Kane gave us this book and then went missing. It's like, people would have bought that. Well, wait, just, what do you mean the plot hole? Um... The fact that she's like, oh, this is a hoax? Because she, she, they're just like, Oh we need we'll, we need to go back to the publisher she's like no this is all happening within the new book I've read the new book so it's just kind of like that sort of oh she's been lying the whole time it never really comes back into the story like the fact he's just like oh this is kind of a hoax the co- the publishers kind of knew this but we just sent it out here for like publicity but like there's no publicity following them
1: yeah It's supposed to be so that they, like, basically it was to, they implied a Blair Witch situation. Yeah. Where it's like, if we get the insurance claim investigator to say there's a bunch of spooky shit happening to the public, then the public will believe it and read more Sutter King. I'm not saying it's not a plot hole, but
0: I kind of... Yeah. But it's the 90s. People were stupid back then and there was no social media. I feel like you wouldn't have needed the insurance to just say that. I feel like you could have just put it on a headline and just kind of made up enough stuff. Because Sutter Kane comes across as someone who is creepy enough in real life to uh, buy where like he could go missing, yeah. I just feel like why would you kind of need like the number one insurance person? You could just get like the number seven and give him some money.
1: Well, they actually wanted him to investigate it and find the manuscript. True. Like, they wanted him to go and bring the manuscript back. Mm. They wanted him to find Sutter Kane, but they wanted the manuscript. True. You know? So, and he was was a cool dude who got
0: shit done. He was a cool investigator man. He, he, (laughs) the world's only cool insurance investigator. Yeah, the first time. Yes. The first man in movie history to make insurance seem cool. That should be the tagline. Yes. Look, we did a miracle. Um... but yeah, so she says, I've read the book. Uh, then she goes to confront uh, Kane, but Kane uses the book to turn her into a minion, basically.
1: You're going to have to remind me what he turns her into.
0: What? Oh, a minion of him. A minion of him,
1: yeah. I, I thought a yellow you... blob thing, and I was like, I remember a lot of, like, weird monsters, but I don't remember anything <laughs> resembling <laughs> a minion. <laughs>
0: God damn it. Now I want to see a John Carpenter version of the Minions. No, I
1: don't. It's going to be bad. And it's going to be like Ghosts of Mars or something. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh. Anyway, so she turns him into one of his subjects. Yes. <laughs> I, feel, oh, I feel like the word Minion has now been ruined it in is, terms of movies. You can't say it anymore. Oh, I do. Yeah, so it turns, him into, turns her into a subject of his. Uh she does a lot of the uh on her back type uh, crab stuff. Yeah, that was a contortionist wearing a mask. Contortionist, yeah. And it's it doesn't look too bad for like the mid nineties. Like I In I, my
1: head it's always worse than it actually yeah, is Yeah,
0: like I watched Death Becomes her recently and that has another sort of crab contortionist. She's mm. kind of her head is turning sideways and stuff, and that's done way worse. And that's 92. I think it's one of those things where if you see stills from it, it'll look shit. But if you watch
1: them do it, it's actually pretty creepy and fun.
0: Yeah. But, like... Also, I think maybe it's just because, like, it's it's John Carpenter, so it's kind of like... You kind of have that built-in thought of, like, it's gonna look good, because it always usually does look good in John Carpenter films. Yeah. As opposed to if it's, like, someone who's not really known for... ...effects and stuff, so it's kind of like... ...feels a tiny bit out of place.
1: I feel like that's one of the worst... ...practical
0: effects in the films. Yeah. And it's still fine. Yeah, like, again... (laughs) ...this is from 1995? Five. Yeah, 1995. And it's like, if you look at other movies from 1995... ...the CGI holds up so much worse. In this film or in the other ones? In a lot of other 90s films. Like... Like, this was post jurassic park so everyone was just like oh cgi is cool so we'll just put it in 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 exchange like we don't need a story we'll just put in cgi
1: that's like my most hated thing
0: in yeah i think it ruined it for like it
1: (laughs) like 20 years yeah (laughs) yeah
0: like that was especially in the 90s because like by 99 you had the matrix and stuff so it's kind of like that was that was cool but it's like for a good few years in like the late nineties, there were so many just summer blockbusters that were just shit CGI. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: just the most god awful ones.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> so Trent eventually tries to escape, but uh the te- the Kane just won't let him. Like, he keeps driving away, and it's kind of like if you're in a video game and you drive off an area you're not supposed to and just send you right back.
1: Oh, it, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You respawn. You just yeah, respawn re- back you just respawn. where you were.
0: It's, like, it's, like a, it's like GTA when you haven't unlocked another level, so you just drive off and just cut, turn it to the back. Oh, God damn it.
1: And then he kind of corallines him at one point where he, like, <laughs> keeps driving and then ends up, like, driving
0: straight down the same alley he yeah. came from. That's fun. Because the, mob, the mob's chasing him. Yeah. But, um... And he eventually confronts Cain, who tells him he's a character in his own story that he invented for the sole purpose of bringing the manuscript back, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is an existential crisis if ever there was one. Yeah, I wrote you. Yeah.
1: That's where, like, a lot of Carpenter's um, sort of rel- religious influences yeah, yeah, yeah. come into it. I think they're, like, very present in Luke, this. I am your author. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely scarier, though.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I think he kind of nailed it with the, like, meta-cosmic
0: horror in there. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. And they have a sort of back and forth about, like, oh, humanity, you know, destroys itself, that kind of thing. Yeah. That sort of pseudo, <laughs> pseudo-brainy pseudo stuff. Yeah. Uh, until he rips himself apart like paper. Which still holds. Co- holds up. It does. I think that's, like, when I was watching it, I was worried
1: that... The people I was showing it to would think it was lame. Yeah. But they all said it was good, and it, they enjoyed it. And I always kind of had a softball for it, but yeah. I thought that that was
0: like it's, a bias. like it's <laughs> one of the cooler deaths I I I think I've ever seen in a horror movie because it's just like you know just I think not just like a like one of those stripper suits, but he's a person.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But um, he wasn't um,
1: that wasn't actually supposed to be the way that happened. Oh. Apparently, in the original script. They were supposed the whole town was supposed to get set- sucked into another dimension. Oh and I think then Trent was supposed to try and escape, but then the studio cut the budget from 15 million to seven million, and they
0: had to change it to the real yeah, and... yeah there was a I'll go more into it in like post section of it, but like yeah, yeah. there was a sense that the studio wasn't fully behind this, but yeah. uh yeah, so event so obviously Kane is now dead. <laughs> Via ripping
1: Yes He tore himself apart Yes
0: You're tearing me
1: apart
0: (laughs) Fuck you I was gonna do that (laughs) (sighs) I'm sorry I'm full of rage I'm not gonna be invited back (laughs) No Get out Oh I know You live here I'll get out (laughs) But uh Yeah so he tears himself apart Lisa But uh Uh And then he, he He escapes the town but uh, he goes to a motel and the motel keeps getting uh, packages Harry Potter style. Yeah. Uh, and he tries burning it, but the manuscript just won't fuck off. So he just.
1: Yeah, it goes very cliche. Yeah. This is a haunted text.
0: Yes, very. Yeah, you know, very much. You know, Vernon Dursley. Uh, you know, screwing in the door, screwing in the, <laughs> letter box.
1: Yeah, what fucking film was it where they burn a doll and it doesn't
0: burn probably like ten of them. Oh, anyway yeah it's that trope where they burn yeah. the thing
1: and it doesn't burn
0: yeah uh and then he tries to explain what happened to the publishers but uh, the publisher tells him you sent it weeks ago <laughs> something just like Alice has been dead for 20 years <laughs> you
1: saying that reminded me just just explain to me why I love the film and it's because they do a fucking Twilight Zone twist on it Oh. That's all it is, is he's like,
0: but you've already sent the manuscript, and I'm just the slut for that. <laughs> Linda never existed. You know, you sent it about, like, a few months ago. It's, on, it's been on the shelf for seven weeks. The movie's about to come out. I'm like, f- how long did the studio know about, the, about, about this to make a movie that quickly? That movie's probably shit. Well, we just watched it. That's the... That's
1: the point good of
0: the film is that we just watched the movie. I know, but <laughs> imagine my production practice brain just goes into it. It's like, S- a couple of months turnaround on a film? That doesn't sound good. That's John Carpenter way. Yeah.
1: Which actually brings me to my point that John Carpenter is canon within the film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's the... Wait, actually, do you want to explain the end of it just really quickly?
0: Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> so uh, the doctor finishes up his evaluate... Oh, sh- no, no, no. He finds out that, you know... Obviously, he sent the book in, and it's been on the shelf. So there's no way of stopping Kane's plan. The, to infect
1: uh, everyone in the world. With yeah. his Magical text. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, so basically, he 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 axe murders someone. Uh one of the uh, one of the. Hardcore nutter fans. Mm-hmm. He just straight up axe murders him, and that's how he ends up in the in the nut house. Yes. Uh, or politically correct way, the mental institution. Mm. But. uh... And the doctor and the psychiatrist are like, yeah, he's useless. No real help. They, he doesn't buy it. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to later where the world has just descended into chaos.
1: The apocalypse.
0: Yeah, the apocalypse. So, you know, the guards aren't on duty. So he just walks out of it, you know, Canadian prison style. <laughs> but. And uh, he's walking past and he sees the poster for the movie, which is better than the poster for this actual movie, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really fucking
0: cool yeah. poster. like, the poster for this movie is very 90s, you know, we're, we're not going to do artwork, we're just going to have a big picture of the star. Yeah. But, like, it's not, he's just, like, kind of ghost book.
1: Yeah, he he kind of went more like the thing with it, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Probably. Um. But the poster for the movie within the movie is, like, really old school, cool, horror. The type of stuff you kind of see now... Yeah, with indie horror sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. with indie horror. But uh, So he goes in, he gets a big tub of popcorn for the crack. Yeah. And he just watches himself But He watches back what the we've movie. already seen as the movie. And he just laughs hysterically as we uh, cut. So that's the end of the movie. And it's never really said what happens afterwards. I imagine he dies. I I assume the world just goes in
1: chaos and ever. See, it's I suppose it's, he's doing the Lovecraft thing where it's like yeah. if I don't
0: tell you, it's spooky. Yes. Yeah. Uh so so some scar in terms of post release. Uh it was meant. It was originally meant to come out in nine late ninety four, kind of around October, Novemberish, but the studio pushed it back to. Uh, a U. S. Release in February, mm-hmm. which isn't a good, which wasn't a good sign in like ninety five, because at yeah. that point February and. January, February—that February, was a goat. That was kind of like a dumping ground. Yeah, like it was. It was. Ha- sure, yeah. You know, it wasn't until the last few years like February started had started to become good real estate for movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you because know, in in the states, uh, obviously, in here in January we get all the Oscar movies, but they'd have already come out in October, November, December in the states. So they get all the shit like really bad horror movies and really bad comedies. Yeah. Basically, anything that's going to sweep the board at the, at the Razzies is going to come out in America in January. Yeah. Um, uh, it also, I believe,
1: got... Um, I don't know if it got pushed for this, but the John Carpenter just made them keep editing it uh, because it like was so meta that he just
0: kept asking them th- yeah. to recut it to try and actually Ooh. get it coherent oh. at all. <laughs> I'm surprised, and I'm surprised it hasn't been, like, a, you know, a different cut or 2 mm. um. Uh, but yeah, and it came out in the UK on the 16th of June, 95, Is this was back when, you know, you had to wait a few months before getting a movie. Yeah. You know, the, the bad times. The bad times, you know. I, a part of me was just like, God, imagine how many movies would have been pirated back then. Oh,
1: yeah, they would have been ripped in. All of but... them.
0: <laughs> That, that's why they don't do this anymore. But yeah, so again, it was late 94, pushed to 95. Kind of showed that like, maybe the studio didn't have confidence in it. I think it's that's like... what it
1: suffers from more than anything. It's just a lack of confidence in yeah. the studio.
0: Because you, know, you don't put something in a dumping ground slot unless you kind of feel like it's not worth...
1: Especially after they cut the budget to more than half. Yeah. Like the original, yeah. like,
0: it I think really... it, en- Did it, it end? I mean, in my notes, it ended up at $8 million. I could be, I could be wrong. May, they maybe added another million, maybe, marketing and oh, stuff. No, I, it might have been that they cut 7 million off from of oh, 15 yeah. to 8. It but would, I know that it was, like, around that. It did that. get a mixed reviews from, like, critics. Like, 58 on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 73% audience score. Mm. Uh, 55 on Metacritic. And it got two thumb, and it got thumbs down from Siskel and Ebert, but they weren't really horror guys. Yeah, see, I read a lot of reviews that... Uh, like, they would, like... They're they're respected reviews, but, like, again, when it comes to horror films, they're always very old man yells at cloud. Yeah, old man yells at cloud. Yes. But but it found a cult following uh, after its release on home video, which is always nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. That's that's one of the things about horror. It's, like, that and sci-fi, the two uh, places where it's, like, You know, if it doesn't perform well in theaters, there's a strong chance you could get a cult following.
1: Yeah, I think that one of the reasons why this worked so well, like why it was kind of told to fuck off by the studio, and like they didn't have much faith in it, but I feel like it worked with very high concept stuff that's becoming very trendy in horror now. Yeah. Like that, like obviously it's a bit over the top, but like that that. Meta, but those meta, if it had come
0: out in 2015 as opposed to 1995, I feel like it could have been a hit. Oh,
1: god, John Carpenter with A24 doing
0: in the mouth madness. Oh, yeah, I I feel like in a post cabin in the woods world, this would have done very well,
1: yes. Like, um, that yeah, there wasn't enough meta horror around at the time, although that's when it was like kind of kicking off, but I think this was like just too much.
0: It missed Scream
1: by like a year. Scream is ninety six? In it, it needed to be seen in a post Scream era. Yeah. Where people are starting to deconstruct the genre
0: yeah. already. Like it like a terrible timing. Yeah, just the worst timing for the film. Yeah. If if God, if uh Villages are down to come out two years earlier, so like they'd have had to hold this off for another two years, then it could have come out around the same time as Scream. That would've been incredible. Yeah. I think it would've done much better. Uh yeah, so opening weekend in the U.S. Uh, I couldn't find what like, the U.K. box office was for, but it made 3.4 million opening weekend U.S. Came in fourth behind such films as The Jerky Boys. I, sorry, that sounds... Can, I can't be the only one who thinks that sounds a bit pornish. No, it does, because we don't know what it is. Uh, Boys on the Side, which also weirdly sounds like a It Seems like a really erotic year, was and, it a year or a week... A week. A very erotic week. Yeah, um, and uh, Legend of the Fall, which I was, we were saying saucy. earlier. <laughs> uh, none of which I've seen. And no. I, I've only heard of one of them. No one
1: I've, has ever told me to watch any of those Yeah, movies. no, I only
0: know about Legend of the Fall because I scroll past it every now and again on uh, Facebook. But, uh, what should I call it? Uh, it dropped to 7th the following weekend uh, when Billy Madison showed up on the scene. <laughs> I don't know why, I was just, I'm looking to, okay, some, something notable about this box office. Oh, the next week was uh, Billy Madison for some reason, and a Western starring DiCaprio and Sharon Stone, which was weird pairing. But uh, yeah, so it was out of the top 10 the week after, and by the end of the month it wasn't even in the top 20. So box office-wise it didn't really do much, and it eventually made like 8.9 million overall. But it, it's a cult following.
1: Sorry, my phone's ringing. I just can't turn it off. <laughs>
0: just. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post, guys. Yeah, no, we won't. though. No, we won't. No, we you know, know, okay. you know no, me. I I'm never, just going to mute it. I never, I never edit these things. I'm so sorry about that. That's okay, that's okay. So, but yeah. it, it, it got fucked in the box office F- anyway. Fucked in the box office, but cult
1: following, you know? That's what you want. Ah, yeah. Actually, I just want to make a note that, um, you know on the poster that you see in the film, for the film? Yeah. It says John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Oh. And that's where I was saying that he is canon nice. within the universe. So, um, I know he's credited, and so is his producer, which I... I believe the producer of the film was his wife.
0: Yeah, he works. Sandy King. I think he works with his wife a lot. She seems to be on De- a lot of his projects. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, a lot of directors, you know, have their wife. You know, get, have their wives involved. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like
1: that's got to be scary though. Like your wife is your producer because like, producers are just naturally terrifying.
0: Yeah. They just they're yelly. <laughs> This from a guy who recently was producer.
1: Yeah, I was really yelly on it. I didn't yeah. like it. But all the cast was listed by their character names. But yeah. the, the producer and John Carpenter were listed.
0: As mm. was just uptight. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's but, really
1: self-serving,
0: and I yeah. really admire it. It's ballsy. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so overall thought on the film, now that you've seen it multiple times and, had, and have had to look at it through a sort of analytic lens...
1: Yeah. I think it's I I think it holds up. I think it's very good and I think that it is kind of one of those slightly hidden gems. Yeah. That like you kinda of have to seek out that sort of film to
0: Yeah find it. It it's from that weird period of horror where it's like it's not the sort of eighties but it hasn't reached the sort of late nineties. Yeah, like it's not gritty yet. It it has like it's like it's after that sort of peak of uh slasher film eighty slasher films, but it's before Scream. Yeah. and it's before all the sort of teen horror of like the nineties, you know. It's yeah. it's it's before it's before Matthew Lidd and Freddie Prinze Jr. had their careers started.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of before um horror film was really taken seriously. Yeah. I feel like we didn't really get that until kind of the 2000s really. We're like other than like Rosemary's Baby and yeah. the fucking exorcist. Uh, even
0: then like in the 2000s, like there was what like Mainstream horror, I don't think. No, like, but you started horror. getting, like, Black Swan. Like, horror was starting to be... Yeah. Could
1: be more highly regarded. Yeah, as
0: well. Aronofsky stuff. More 2010s, though. They uh, yeah, like, uh, Get Out and... Yeah. Yeah, Get Out. Anything and... by A24 is just, Yeah. Like... Get Out, Hereditary... Did it Get Out... Was it nominated or did it win an Oscar? Did
1: it
0: it, it, Best wo- it won an Oscar and it was nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't win Best Picture. Oh, okay. It won Best Screenplay. One of the Screenplay Oscars, because yeah. there's two. Original and Adapted. Yeah. I think it was original. It was original, because it wasn't adapted off of anything.
1: That would make sense. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of... Um, it was more clever than horror had the right to be yeah. in
0: 1995 it's i it's 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 not my least favorite john carpenter film but it's not my favorite but that that's hard to really put into like a, an insult way because when john carpenter hits he hits yeah like i'd say his best films are like
1: so, some of the best horror films yes. and his worst films are so forgettable
0: yeah like when like when your back catalog includes uh, the thing Halloween and they live yeah it's hard which to are my beat which are my top 3 you know this 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 may be maybe top 5 until i see one or two more of his films i think yeah no, probably for me i, I am yeah. sucker for it like i st- like i still need to see stuff like starman yeah i still need to
1: watch starman and darkstar i have I, darkstar i have
0: I, Watch Darkstar not too long ago. You would like it.
1: I need to give it a shot. Yeah, I actually just have like just because we don't have much time. I have two more facts. Yep. So Sutter Kane is like the reference that he's outsells King, and he's kind of like H. P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. but apparently the concept for him was based on L. Ron Hubbard, Ooh. the founder of Scientology. So he was yeah. like the science fiction writer turned cult leader, and apparently he wanted to mix like. I can't remember the writer's name, but he wanted to mix, like, the Lovecraftian cult elements with this nearly real-life story of someone creating a religion. It's
0: yeah. It's like Ron Hubbard, author of Battlefield Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Battlefield Earth is based off... Uh, I, I don't know if it's based off L. Ron Hubbard, but it's definitely based off Scientology. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, By the way, I will never do Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Unless enough people dare me to.
1: Um, my last fact is, I just found this out on like a little thing, but during the credits right at the end, after the SPCA cle- disclaimer
0: mm-hmm.
1: about like animals being yeah. um, unharmed and stuff, it says, human interactions monitored by the Intergalactic Psychi- Psychiatric Institute. The body count was high, casualties
0: heavy. <laughs> That is a South Park gag, if I not one. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so my, yeah, my basic thought, uh, it's, a, it's, a very in, it's an interesting film that was ahead of its time. It's flawed, but it's, the idea of it is, slight, is kind of genius. Maybe the, the execution isn't fully there for me, but I really respect what it was trying to do, and I do think it was ahead of its time.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think we kind of agree on it there, where it's like, yeah. it definitely has big flaws, and it's not the best film by any means, no. but for, like, what they were trying to do and attempting to do at the time, it's pretty incredible what they actually achieved. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, that's pretty much it. We made it under, we made it under an hour. Okay. We had a lot to talk about. It's a very interesting episode. It's a very different vibe to me and Brennan last week. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about Nipples. Well, now you have, but well, not not to the not to the extent. We, we don't. Did.
1: It doesn't need to be mentioned every. No, Jake. No. Not
0: every episode needs to have that. No, absolutely not. We gotta have a bit of variety. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Sam Neil, I will be back next week with uh, Milani. Excellent. Yes. I keep going through people in this house. Yeah. Uh, we'll be like talking. That. I I the guests are exclusively from this house. God damn it, Owen. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, we shall be talking about his favorite film, Jurassic Dep- Park. depending on what day of the week. Though his 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 favorite film, he has about like set. He has about like five.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. A, the Jurassic Park is his like. Yeah. Big one though.
0: Yes, it's his childhood one. But uh, yeah, so we're doing Jurassic Park next week. Get hyped! Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you. Mm-hmm.